Welcome to the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shayla Toombs-Withers. As a double board certified family and obesity medicine physician with over 12 years of experience in medicine, I teach motivated individuals how to achieve their desired quality of life while preventing and reversing chronic diseases. It's tea time. What part of your health journey is most challenging? Is it the actual effort of sticking to a plan? The cooking and the meal planning? The exercise routine? Not enough time for everything you think you need to do? Or the confusion of it all? If you said yes to any of these obstacles, then keep listening to learn how you can smash these problems just by checking your email. You check your email inbox every day already, but what if checking your inbox brought you better health instead of the stress it sometimes can bring? Well, I have news for you. You can improve your health, get a jump start on improving your health conditions, and start to feel like a better version of you just by checking your email inbox over the next five days when you join the free Nourish and Flourish five-day challenge. You'll get health tips, actionable videos, a goal and habit tracker, and healthy recipes every day for five days. Better health is the best investment you'll ever make, and this is only a small investment of your time. You have nothing to lose but everything to gain. The Nourish and Flourish five-day challenge was designed to set the foundation for healthy habits for life. Say yes to yourself today and sign up now at drshayla.com forward slash NF challenge. I'll also place these details in the show notes. The essence of health is in you. See you in your inbox. On today's episode of the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast, I have a special guest, Angela Fishman. Angela is a physical therapist, and she's highly experienced in physical therapy and the proud owner of My Pelvic Therapy, a cutting-edge virtual physical therapy practice dedicated to preventing and treating bladder issues in women. With over 20 years of specialization in pelvic health, Angela is deeply committed to empowering women by offering discreet, at-home solutions to address these often stigmatized and challenging conditions. Her mission is to enable women to regain control of their lives and live to their fullest potential, free from the constraints of bladder-related problems. So thank you so much for joining me, Angela. I'm excited to have you on the show. Oh, thanks so much for inviting me. I am well. I'm looking forward to chatting. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So if you will just share a bit of your story with us. What led you to providing pelvic floor physical therapy, especially within a telehealth model, because that's just typically not usual for pelvic therapy. That is true. Yes. Well, I was a physical therapist first, not doing pelvic health. And I just realized how many people in my circle of women that I knew had issues with pelvic floor problems. And most commonly, bladder issues. So whether it was frequency, urgency, leaking when they coughed or sneezed, things like that. 
And so I knew as a physical therapist, I knew there were things that you could do to improve that, but I hadn't had the training. So when you come out of PT school, you're not really ready to do some of this very specialized work. So I took my first class, I treated my first patient with a mentor and lo and behold, they got better. And so it was a very eye-opening experience because some pretty simple things putting in place, the right things at the right time for the right person could make huge differences in how somebody functions. And it's such an intimate part of someone's body that if you can improve how their quality of life or improve that function, their quality of life improves quite a bit. So it was a very kind of rewarding area I started to get into and I got more and more interested. So I did more and more courses and started treating more and more public health things. So it's pretty much what I've ended up dedicating my career for the past 20 years to, because it is to me just such a crucial part of, of function for us as humans, you know, like I right. said, it really is such an intimate part of our body that if something's going wrong there, it can really, it can really take its toll. So, yeah. and then the telehealth model kind of came about, we were becoming empty nesters, my husband and I, in the fall of 2019. Well, it was going to be in 2020, but in 2019, I was planning. I'm like, okay, I really still, I'm super passionate about this. I don't want to stop right. serving people in this area. So I was trying to think, how could I do this in a different way? So I started looking at telehealth and I thought, okay, this might be able to work. My husband and I like to travel and I can still serve people. And so um, that was the plan. I didn't know there was a pandemic coming, but <laughs> Looking back, did we really, know, right? <laughs> I, I really like, uh, yeah, I, I have to thank the pandemic a little bit for, for some of my success, because I, honestly, I don't know that people would have been as comfortable with the model of care that I'm doing had we not gone through that. So I really kind of lucked out in that respect. But it, it's also been, it is surprising that you can do pelvic floor therapy via telehealth, because everyone thinks it's such this intimate thing, you need to see my pelvis. But it's simply not true. I need to see your whole body. How do you move? How do you, where are you strong? Where are you tight? Tell me what your symptoms are. And I'll tell you things that are going to help that. And so I've been pleasantly surprised, actually, all the things that I can treat via telehealth. And my clients are all hundred percent dressed all the time. So actually there's some advantages to it because it does kind of put them at ease. They're in their own home, going to a busy clinic, where you've got people doing all sorts of type of physical therapy can be very intimidating when you're there for this. I'm so scared, this very private issue. I don't want to talk to a stranger about it right. versus doing that in your own home. So it actually overcomes some other barriers in a quite positive way. So yeah, yeah. And that's so cool. And I like that you do this within this model. I mean, that out, you know, one thing that the pandemic it taught a lot of us in healthcare is that a lot of the way that we were doing things didn't necessarily have to be that way and that we could do things different. And it's almost like the pandemic gave us that permission to say, okay, wow. now we're going to rethink a lot of the ways, you know, that we provide care to patients. And, and that's so important to be able to, to do things in a different way. As a family doctor, I uh, often see people even with mental health issues and sometimes even within that, they don't want to see someone in person. People right. have severe anxiety. I'm sure you even see people with severe anxiety oh, about their pelvic health issues and they yes. don't necessarily want to be, you know, right there in your face in the room. And so it does, right. it gives them that other level of comfort to be able to be within their own home somewhere where, you know, hopefully they feel safe, supported, and then they're able to still get that important care that you're able to provide. So I, I love that you do it within that model. 
Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And so what are some of the common challenges you find that lead individuals to seek out your care? Well, certainly bladder issues. <laughs> so a large group of the people that I see have some kind of bladder problem. And the two main ones for women, I do see some men, but I really focus more on women just because there's more of us out there. The research bears out that over 50% of us will have some kind of bladder leakage in our lifetime, which is a lot of women. So right. Very common issues. So stress incontinence, where you leak with coughing or sneezing or exercising or lifting. I see a lot of that. The other main type of incontinence is called overactive bladder slash urge incontinence because not everybody leaks with overactive bladder. So these are people that, you know, have to use the bathroom super frequently, maybe every hour or even more or yeah, waking the, up. The, the gotta go commercial. Of, gotta <laughs> go, yes. Someone who knows every bathroom in town, this is an overactive bladder problem, or they do what we call just in case toileting. You'll always go, well, just in case I'm going to leave the house. And so there's these more patterns connected with urgent continence. And then many people have both of those. So that's a large group of the people that I see. Um, I also see a lot of pregnant and postpartum women because there's so much. So like the internet, it's, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Like there's enough information to make you anxious and worried and not enough really good guidance to kind of make you feel empowered. And so right. a lot of women that I see just aren't super confident in knowing what do I do with my pelvic floor going through this process that I know is really stressful to this area of my body, right? And so, um, so I see some people pre-birth. I see some people right after birth, if they had difficulties. And then of course, even through that whole first postpartum year, because so much of that process can really affect how the pelvic floor works. So that's a, that's a nice population to work with. And also really helpful via telehealth, because oftentimes you have a new baby or you might have a toddler right. at home too, and you might be working at home too. And so that's a really difficult thing to get to a clinic. So the telehealth model works well with, with um, these ladies. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then uh, actually I see a lot of pain with intercourse, which ah. I don't know if you see that much in your practice, but when you get into the pelvic health world, it's, it's, that was one of the big surprises to me in my career is just how prevalent that issue is. And many women don't even know that that shouldn't be a problem. So, right. so I actually treat quite a bit of that as well. Cause as you can imagine, another very difficult thing to come into mm -hmm. a clinic to see. Right. Uh, so when you can do it via telehealth, you can bring the partner in or the spouse in. It, it's a nice medium to be able to address that issue as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that was one of the other reasons why I was excited to have you on the show, too, because these are things that women don't talk about. And mm -hmm. for a lot of women out there, they may feel like, you know, they're alone, like, oh, I'm the only one. You oh, know, my I gosh. Yes. When I walk or I'm the only one you're having this discomfort. But no, these are, are true conditions. And, you know, there's treatment out there uh, that folks like you are providing. And so I hope the women who are listening at least get that take home point that you don't have to just suffer through these things that there is help and there's assistance out there that that can support you exactly these issues are so common like every time I read a new study it's even more common than I think I mean they're just when you've got over half of women just having the incontinence issue that right. doesn't even count all these other things we just talked about all those other mm -hmm. issues so you have a great majority of women having some issue like now, but if you look at your whole span of your life for a person, there's a good chance somewhere along the span of your life, you're going to have a challenge here. And we're just not taught how to take care of our pelvic floor. I mean, right. we might've heard the word Kegel, but that's like all we know. And that's, that's all right. That's totally yeah. abused. That's yeah. not even the right thing to think about. So 
it's really, it's confusing. Everyone really should have like at least one good session to understand what, right. what is this area of my body? What's important to know about it? And how do I keep this area healthy? You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, something else that's common within our country that we hear a lot about is the obesity epidemic. And much of with obesity, the focus is typically on weight and how it contributes to chronic health conditions like, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, those kind of things. But can you just share with us some of the more weight related pelvic health issues that you help people with and that may occur? Sure, absolutely. So a lot of the issues that happen through our, or in the pelvic floor area and actually through our uh, other parts of our core are pressure related. So when we don't manage pressures well, things go where they're not supposed to be, right? So an abdominal hernia or an inguinal hernia, a herniated disc um, in the pelvic floor region, a lot of times that looks like pelvic organ prolapse. Pelvic organs are coming down into the vaginal canal, pushing where they're not supposed to be, and then you get symptoms. Um, stress incontinence, so leakage when you cough and sneeze and lift and exercise, that's pressure coming down that the pelvic floor and its helpers, because there's a lot of helpers to the pelvic floor, are not coordinated and strong enough to fight that pressure. And so the relationship of that to obesity is you're taking this basic physics problem, right? You've got yeah. pressures and they're supposed to all be managed and you're increasing it. So if there's increased weight, you now have an increased amount of pressure coming down on the pelvic organs or an increased amount of pressure when you cough or sneeze or exercise. And so it makes it that much harder to actually control that area because of that imbalance. Um, and unfortunately, our weak link often becomes the pelvic floor, especially when we go through things like being pregnant, um, having a C-section, giving birth, birth vaginally. So um, going through menopause, taking birth control pills, things that can affect the health of our pelvic floor, that's just life. And right. so we get this imbalance set up and the weight just adds a little more pressure to that and makes it even harder to, to stay dry and have good function there. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that in mind, um, have you found that weight loss to be helpful along with strengthening those pelvic floor muscles? Yes. So weight loss, they, there's some studies that show between five to eight to even 10% of, for someone who is starting at an overweight point, five to 10% is kind of the range that needs to be lost to see a significant improvement in specifically I'm talking incontinence. Mm -hmm. It's about a 70% reduction in incontinence from doing nothing wow. else. Just That's huge. Seventy percent reduction. It is, yeah. and I, I say that knowing it's hard to lose five to eight to ten percent of your right. weight. It's yeah. not like that's a walk in the park, but it's mm -hmm. another really strong benefit. Mm -hmm. uh, we know there's health benefits of coming down to a healthier weight anyway, and here this right. is another really strong benefit. Is you know a seventy percent reduction without doing other things yeah. is quite large when you're struggling with incontinence. Yeah, that is. And and I didn't even know that statistic. But, you know, one of the things in the obesity medicine space, you know, we even know that five to 10% weight loss can reverse so many other health conditions. So it can lower your blood sugar, lower your blood pressure, right. reduce your risk for fatty liver disease. But now we can even add to that, you know, reduce yeah. risk of incontinence and these pelvic yeah. floor issues. And so, and when you think about that five to 10%, you know, the important thing for folks to remember is that it doesn't have to be a huge amount 
of weight loss. Now, yes, it can be challenging to lose that five to 10%, but that doesn't mean you got to go lose 50, a hundred pounds or, you know, for most people, for most people that five to 10% is going to look like 15 to 20 pounds, you know, which is doable if you have the right support and those right resources. And so that can make a a significant impact on overall health. And so, yeah, that's, that's great to know that. And if you are having a hard time with incontinence, that might help with, with motivation too. It's another thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, maybe I won't have to buy these pads and I won't right. have to wear black pants to a barbecue because I'm afraid I'm going to leak. You know, there's right. some, you know, we get motivated in different ways. And so knowing that this might be an area that will improve just from doing not just, I know that that's yeah. a difficult yeah. thing, but right. you know, without even having to do pelvic therapy, that might serve as some motivation for certain people too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you're frustrated with your weight, taking more medications than you'd like to, have been told that you are at risk for the development of a chronic preventable disease, or just are not feeling in the best of health, then I'm talking to you. Why? Because you're tired of fat dieting. You know it's time for a change, and you want a sustainable plan to improve your health. If you have found yourself at this place in life, well, I have developed a program that's just for you. It's called The Essence of Health and it's your prescription for transformation. My goal with this program is to give you the tools needed to create sustainable lifestyle changes within a group coaching setting, along with one-to-one individualized coaching to give you a personalized path to health that's just for you. The benefits are priceless, so join today. Head on over to eohcoaching.com to learn more. The essence of health is in you. Now, for those who are skeptical about the benefits of pelvic floor physical therapy, can you just share what some of the sessions with you may look like when someone is working on like urinary incontinence, for instance? Sure, sure. So first of all, for the skepticism part, just know that there is a body of research that shows that pelvic floor muscle training, I mean, again and again and again, I'm saying not even like one study, this is repeatedly So shows that pelvic floor muscle training and some strategies, they call it behavioral therapies, which just means simply things such as, you know, drinking less coffee or other things that irritate our bladder. So you've got exercises and you have these strategies. That's the first line treatment for both types of incontinence. So, so if you're skeptical about pelvic floor therapy in general, just know there's a large body of research that shows that it is effective. And then you've got the two models, right? You've got in-person therapy, and then you've got what we've been talking about for myself, which is telehealth. And so there might be a little bit of difference if you're in-person versus telehealth, but I'll just tell you in general what pelvic floor therapy is like. There is generally three parts to your first session. The first session is going to be kind of what you and I are doing now. We're talking, getting to know one another. And if it's a client, I'm asking very specific questions about what's going on with their pelvic health. How often are you using the bathroom? Um, And these can be kind of intimate questions, but what I found in my experience is when you start asking the right questions about a problem someone's been having, the answers just come out in a flood because they're really, you know, happy that someone is taking this problem that they've hidden for so long, or they've been embarrassed or ashamed about for so long. And they're kind of outpouring it to you because they're realizing, okay, I'm here to kind of uh, deal with this. And so that's really nice. And so by the time I'm done interviewing somebody, I have a very high, like probably 95% already kind of knowing exactly what's going on with them. But now I have to prove that I'm right. And so that's what the second part is about. That's about the exam. 
And that's where the two models will differ. If you're in person with a pelvic floor therapist, your pelvic floor therapist might suggest that they do an internal evaluation of your pelvic floor muscles. For myself, I'm telehealth, and so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do, I'm going to do an exam that's more visual, not of pelvic floor, but of your whole body and how you work it. So it's a little bit more holistic kind of looking at somebody here. Um, if there's ever issues that involve pain or a history where I feel like this person truly does need a pelvic exam, then I will let them know that and we'll either talk with them about seeing their physician or seeing a physical therapist in person. But in general, by the time somebody's come to me, I already know what their diagnosis is from what they've, their doctors told them. They've had a pelvic exam before they've come to see me. And I can just do what we've been talking about is through telehealth, watching how do they move? How strong are they? How your hips and back are so important for the pelvic floor. So let me see, how do you bend forward? How do you bend to the side? Like all these things that we can do through the medium, like you and I are doing now. And it fills in those question marks for me. So after those two parts, we've, we've talked, I've looked at you and we put that all together for the third part. Now I'm going to teach you what I think you're going to need to get better. And so by the time we're done with that first session, you're leaving with probably three to four pretty powerful exercises and maybe a couple strategies that you might need to alter at home. And that's your homework. So, um, so that's kind of a typical first session. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, you know, that doesn't sound threatening to those to our listeners. <laughs> you know? I think the hardest uh, thing is just starting to talk. I think, you know, people, everyone I know knows that I do this. And I know some people who have issues with their bladder and they don't want to talk about it, you know, cause they know me. And so it's, it's very difficult. And I completely appreciate how difficult and I'm grateful that people do end up kind of coming because then they can get that help versus having to suffer quietly in a corner, ashamed, thinking they're the only one. And so I'm always super gracious that a patient will open up to me and allow me to kind of come into this corner of their life and offer some assistance. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so what are some things that you wish just everyone would know about pelvic floor therapy? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> it's probably hard to narrow it down. I can tell your passion, which I love. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think the biggest, there's a lot of myths around it. So, so I think one of the biggest myths is if I do Kegels, my pelvic floor will be, will be healthy and strong. That's all I need. And it's, it's such a myth. And I, I, if you think of it in a different way, if you have a knee problem and I show you one exercise and you leave, you're going to be a pretty unhappy customer. Yep. And remember, I showed you that exercise. Mm -hmm. I didn't just tell you, go do an exercise called the the kroner and <laughs> your knee will get better, right? I didn't show you how, I just gave you the name and I sent you off. And that's what happens with women for Kegels. Mm -hmm. They go to an appointment or someone tells them in an article or someone tells them online, you should just be doing Kegels. Well, I don't know how to do them. No yeah, one's shown yeah. me. How can one exercise magically fix everybody? We've talked about all these different problems that can happen. There's mm -hmm. no way one exercise can do that. So I, I think that's one of the biggest myths that I'd love people to understand that Kegel is one and all a Kegel is, by the way, is just tightening and relaxing your pelvic floor muscles. So that's like one slice of an entire full pie that we need to look at to get you functioning well there. Um, and there's also people that should not be doing Kegels. If you're somebody that has a lot of pain and tension and holds a lot of tension in your pelvic floor, a Kegel could make you worse. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's a, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of um, misinformation out there about, about that particular word and exercise. And then the other one we've kind of alluded to is really that 
you're not alone. The amount of pelvic floor dysfunction out there is huge. And I think I, I wish we had different words to talk about it with, because when we say like, okay, I treat incontinence. Well, if I'm a young mom and I leak a little when I cough or sneeze, I don't identify with incontinence. Incontinence is my grandmother in the nursing home that wears a diaper. You know, like I can't go there. That's not my brain. I'm not that person. Right. And so a lot of what happens is I think our language about some of these pelvic floor problems needs to change and be more accessible for people because people just don't identify with some of those issues. But um, but in general, if things aren't going well down there, you're not alone and there are things that you can do to help. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. And so what are some brief exercises that a person could do at home? Just like maybe one or two things that they could try at home. Sure. We're talking about incontinence. If we think yeah. about the two kinds, we've got stress incontinence, which is when you cough, sneeze, lift, and you get a little leakage. For that exercise is going to be different than what we talk about if you have urge incontinence or overactive bladder. So if you have stress incontinence, one of the most effective things that you can do is learn how to coordinate your pelvic floor muscles right before that cough or sneeze happens. And if you look it up online, it's called the knack. I don't know who named it, but I guess you have to get the knack of it. And what you're trying to do is practice pre-tightening your pelvic floor right before there's pressure. And so the exercise itself that we teach is you first obviously have to learn how to tighten your pelvic floor. Um, so sometimes there's some instruction going on with that. But if you can lift and pull up in your pelvic floor like a Kegel and hold that while you clear your throat <clears throat> and then relax, that's called the knack. You're practicing and you're practicing pre-tightening before you do the pressure. And the reason I say clear your throat is it's a little gentler than coughing repetitively, which sometimes is too much. A cough could make somebody leak. And so we want to practice a little gently, more gently to be able to prepare that area so that when you really do cough or sneeze, you've already been there. Your body knows what to do. You're going to pre-tighten and that's going to kind of put your protection on before that pressure comes. So that's a really nice one for stress incontinence. Um, for urgent incontinence, remember that's like overactive bladder going frequently, doing those kinds of things. And so one of there, there's maybe two things that you can think about. One is if I get urgency, my first thought is I have to run to the bathroom now. And unfortunately, that's the worst thing you can do <laughs> because when you run, your bladder and your brain, your brain's trying to help you out and it goes, oh, she's gonna go to the bathroom, let me help her. And everything starts happening. And pretty soon you're rushing into the bathroom, whipping your pants down and trying to get on that toilet as quick as you can and the leakage is already happening. So with urgency, you need to learn how to stand your ground, regain control, get the urge to fade before you move to the bathroom. So that, that in conjunction with possibly looking at what you're drinking and taking away some of the things that might be irritating your bladder and contributing to an overactive bladder. Those are two really powerful strategies that we use to help with urge incontinence. Mm -hmm. So things that have like caffeine or carbonation, um, almost anything that's not water is suspect. So <laughs> it's a hard thing for a lot of us, but, um, but that can be a really powerful technique to bring down that urgency and frequency. Yeah, that's interesting too. A lot of what I talk about with individuals is about the interconnectedness of what we eat and how we move and how we think. And so even the exercise you just talked about with improving incontinence, the urgent incontinence is a mindset. 
So part of it is what your mind is doing and what that mind is signaling to the physical realm of you. And then the other part is your nutrition. What are you consuming? So yeah, I, I love that. And it just further speaks to people. You know, much of, of what we do within the healthcare realm and the healthcare space, it, it is. It's not just one thing. A lot of these things are interconnected um, in terms of your health and how you feel and how you improve these health conditions. So yeah. Right. Love that. And that's hard to learn yourself. It's hard to Google enough to put right. all the, the puzzle <laughs> yeah. together, right? Right. This, why this is why you shouldn't make uh, Dr. Google be your, your doctor. You need to go see. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just cut to the chase and tell me what to do. That's right. what you want right. to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Angela, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing. This has been just such wonderful, helpful information. And so if someone wanted to connect with you and wanted to do virtual pelvic therapy with you, how can they connect with you? Yeah, they can go. So my website's mypelvictherapy.com and I'm licensed in four states. So I'm licensed in Florida, as well as California, Colorado, and Illinois. So if they're in any of those four states, they can contact me. I always do a free consultation. It's a 15 minute consultation so that we can set up, you can meet me, I can meet you. I ask a few questions. I make sure that telehealth is appropriate for you. Um, and then if, if everything's looking good, then we move on and we, we actually schedule a full session. Um, so yeah, but you can do all of that on mypelvictherapy.com. All right. Wonderful. And for the audience, I will have all of those links for Angela in the show notes so that you can definitely connect with her to make sure your pelvic floor is healthy. And remember, like she said, you don't have to suffer through these challenges alone. There is support and there are resources. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today on the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast. Click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss a moment of the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast. Check out the show notes to obtain your free tips for healthy living guide to get you started on your health and wellness path. Follow me on social media at Essence of Health Wellness Clinic on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and at dr.tw at eohwc on TikTok. Interested in becoming a member of the Essence of Health Coaching Program? Well, head on over to www.eohcoaching.com. The Essence of Health is in you.